This show is made possible by you, our listeners. If you like what you hear, and if you want to help us tell more stories and reach more people, then from only two US dollars a month, you can become a patron of the show. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Aruka Network. Hello, I'm Jake Lloyd and welcome to How to Build Community, a podcast and a radio show brought to you by Aruka Network. The word gospel means good news. Ordinarily, Christians present the gospel as good news for people. But in this episode, I've been speaking with three Christians in the UK who think that it's also good news for the planet. And through their involvement with a movement known as Eco Church, they're trying to prove it. Our understanding of the gospel is such that this is just second nature. It is part of what it means to be church. That was the voice of Ruth Valerio. She was a founder of Eco Church, which is a scheme that was launched in 2016 by the Christian environmental organisation Arosha in order to help churches in the UK take a lead in their communities in responding to climate change. And in this episode, she tells us how this scheme began. But we'll also hear how the scheme has grown to incorporate over 4,000 churches in the UK. That's with Eco Church's current leader, Helen Stevens. And finally, UK Church Minister Imogen Nay will tell us how the scheme impacted her community. But first of all, the basics of Eco Church. It's effectively an online survey designed to equip churches to care for the planet through their church services, through their buildings and land, through their community engagement, and also in the personal lifestyles of their congregation. So a church can fill in the survey through which they'll score points which count towards a bronze, silver or gold level Eco Church award. And with an award comes a plaque that they can display on their building. And over the course of this episode, you'll, you'll learn a few things. You'll see how thousands of churches in the UK have been taking part in this. You'll hear how it's impacting the communities in which these churches are based. And you'll also learn a bit about how you can get involved in this scheme, no matter where in the world you live. So let's begin this episode with Ruth. She is an environmentalist, a theologian, an activist and an author, and she helped launch this scheme. So I first asked her what motivated her to start Eco Church, And she told me how she wanted church communities to not just see their role as responding to the needs of people, but also to the needs of the planet. You know, if you if I was to travel around and find a go to a church that wasn't engaged in its community I would be asking hmm, why why not what what is the church's understanding of the gospel that means that it's not doing anything to reach out to the local community needs well you don't really find a church that isn't doing anything in its community do you because that's just second nature it's part of what it means to be church and that's where we need to get to with caring for God's world as well, that you just wouldn't have a church that isn't in some way taking care of the earth that we live on and the seas that are around us, that our understanding of the gospel is such that this is just second nature. It is part of what it means to be church. I then asked her how the eco-church scheme works. So it looks at five different areas 
it looks at theology and teaching. So where are where does why do environmental issues feature in your church program? Do you does it feature in your prayers? Do, does it feature in your sermons, in your youth work, your children's work, your small groups, whatever? Um, so worship and teaching how you as a church look after your church buildings and your church land. And if you don't have either of those, that's fine. The scheme takes that out. Then the personal lifestyle of your members, which isn't about policing them, but it is about doing things to raise awareness around lifestyle issues and helping, providing resources and helping the congregation to live lives that do less damage on this earth. And then finally, community and global engagement. How involved in your local community are you? And looking at the global issues that are so important when it comes to environmental care, is that something that your church is involved with? So it really goes right across the gamut of church life. And at its heart, it's an, it's an award scheme. So you add up points and you can work towards being bronze, silver or gold, the very top. And it's online and there's a questionnaire. And as you go through the questionnaire, the website is adding up your points and there's there are dials and you can see it adding up. So it's all it's very visual and um, very intuitive when you're online, when you're on the website. And then there's lots of other there are lots of resources on the website, too to give you tips and to help you. So it's really there to help you get your church engaged with these issues. So let's move on now to Helen Stevens. She took over from Ruth at Russia UK and has been helping the scheme to grow. And so I began by asking her how many eco-churches there currently are in England and Wales. We're very close to 3,000 churches having registered for the scheme. Um, so it's yeah it's grown a lot actually particularly in the last 18 months um, and then of those churches um, well we've given out um, close to 900 awards across bronze silver and gold um, wow. some churches having one award and, and others um, sort of having worked through all three of those uh, levels and how close is that to your the target of 10 percent so we think there are about 44,000 churches in England and Wales. So, you know, we've been heading for 4,400 churches and we're hoping now to get there um, in the next couple of years. Um, we had a lovely conference last year um, on climate justice, actually, and that was um, a real mix of people from different generations. And during that time, um, we created a space for a sort of intergenerational conversation about environmental issues. Um, which was just lovely. And I, I really hope that our churches can become um, these safe spaces for those sorts of conversations, because they're hard conversations that we're going to need to have um, about the, the choices that we've got to make and, and what's coming down the line, really, in um, terms of environmental impact. That's interesting, uh, talking about this, uh, the events you have. So if, if a church uh, fills in the survey and says oh we need to do a bit better at how we use our building or a bit better at how we use our land and then they they achieve that and get to a point where they they get the award eco church award does it 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 sounds like it's a case of it it doesn't it doesn't stop there that there's um there's ways for churches to get involved and become sort of networked together is that is that how it works 
Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's really our hope and our vision. I think that this is um, this is about developing a movement. It's about um, joining our voices across our different churches and coming together and and really helping I mean, mobilising the church, mobilising Christians and hopefully influencing um, helping to influence other sectors of society. So, yes, we hope, you know, the, the awards are not meant to be an end in themselves. We hope that a church will, you know, get to bronze and, and keep going and progress and that actually churches will help other churches. Um, and there are schemes um, at a denominational level, such as eco-diocese and eco-synod, which are all about um, church, you know, providing support for the grassroots action um, and then giving... Uh, sort of top level support to that at the policy level as well. So we're finding that quite a powerful combination. And I really wanted to hear stories from both Helen and Ruth about what happens in these churches and their communities when they work to become an eco-church. And so let's hear from Ruth, first of all. I asked her just to share a story of how she's seen a church progress towards becoming an eco-church. And here's what she told me. One church I know of decided that it wanted to engage its young people around these issues, recognising that young people are often leading the way ahead of us older folk. And so they gave the scheme to their to their youth group to their young people and said can you lead on it we want to become an eco church can you take the lead on it and it was a great way of envisioning and reinvigorating that youth group because it tapped into things that they were interested or in already and they wanted to be active but didn't know how to be and the young people then envisioned and invigorated the rest of the church as well and then there are other stories I know of, of where it's led to greater community involvement and then has led to people coming into church and becoming Christians as a result of it. And it seems that one of my experiences with Eco Church is that it seems to be that where a church gets engaged with Eco Church, it gets more engaged with its local community. And it provides such a good witness for the local community, um, whether it's through doing litter picks or um, opening up the church for engagement with the local MP, putting on an eco fair. I mean, there are so many different things that happen. And then it, oh, it widens, it opens the doors of the church. And I know that people become Christian, come to faith as a result. I then put a similar question to Helen from Arusha. So a church, St Andrews in Rugby, comes to mind. Uh, they got their gold award last year, I think. And they've um, almost, well, they've opened their church to the community, really. And they have a sustainability cafe going on, or they would during um, non-pandemic times. But they have a lot of activities in their church um, a repair cafe. Uh, they've uh, redesigned the garden around their church um, and have put in um, a water fountain and a storytelling chair and um, platforms for charging mobile phones, really with a view to it being a space for the community, you know, as, they, as they're walking past the church, uh, giving space for people to come and sit and pause in their day and reflect. So, Yes, very much. Um, it's, re it's really um, 
strengthened community links there. Now, this sounded really impressive to me. And so I got Helen to put me in touch with the minister from this church. She's called Imogen Nay, and I called her up to ask her a few questions about how she got all these things started. And she told me how working on the Eco Church helped bring all sorts of different people together and provided a way for them to collaborate on something they all cared deeply about. So I'm not sure how I actually found out about the Eco Church scheme, but somehow I did. And I started a working group um, because it's such a helpful scheme. It's a very practical and pragmatic scheme. And so it gives you basically a working plan to how to um, sort of look at green issues across the broad um, perspective of your church life, from the land that you own um, to the things that you buy and the worship uh, that, that you share together. But I think the other side to it to us, which was really important, was that it wasn't just a church project. But we very quickly found that there were partners in the town. So people who were just starting to run eco businesses, people who for years had been in the allotment network and um, different people working in environmentalism who were so pleased that the church would be a host for them. So one of the things that we started early on was a Saturday eco fair and different community groups and businesses came into the church and we had market stalls and they could promote their businesses and also a real community developed of people interested in these areas. And then um, out of that, a repair shop developed in the church as well. So we just found that networks and friendships and community relations really developed as we emerged as a leader in the town on these issues. I I, I wonder, so climate change and things like this can feel like um, just overwhelming, I suppose, in terms of its scale and um, um, just watching the news can, can bring about a feeling of powerlessness, I suppose. Do you think this the eco church thing is it is it helps sort of um, give people more of a feeling of agency or even hope? Um, do you think if, if you had those kinds of conversations with people? Yes, and I think that's really the eco church's strength. Um, I've only recently taken part in climate marches, but what the eco church does is give local people agency in their local communities to make visible changes and I think that is incredibly empowering Um, and it harnesses we talk a lot about the younger generation in terms of environmentalism but I was surprised at how the older generations really were engaged with this topic um, because they remembered post-war rationing, they were very keen on recycling, reusing, not wasting things. Many of them had their own allotments, so they were really engaged in the idea of growing vegetables. So actually, I found it a way that the, the different generations were actually able to communicate together and join up on something, where often there, there's division between the generations. Now, if you're a regular listener to this show, you might notice I often ask an interviewee to share some tips if people feel inspired to take action after listening to a story. 
And recognizing that this eco church scheme is currently only for people living in England and Wales, I asked her if there are people living elsewhere who would like to do something similar at their own place of worship. Where's the best place to start? I think I'd always try and start from a point of joy, actually, and recognizing what we have on our doorstep, which will be you know, hugely different around the world and in local contexts. But for all of us, um, you know, and we're, we're talking now, Jake, in the time of the pandemic, lots of people have rediscovered their local places, um, found new areas on their doorstep. So I think it's looking to what we have, um, recognising what God has created and really taking time to um, be in awe of that creation um, and to, to really find delight and joy in it because you know the things that we love we're more inclined to look after so that would be my starting point and then I think looking for some very simple practical things um, that, that will be you know will be dependent on the local context of a church but um, are there ways in which we can use our resources better um, and you know more more efficiently um, so just thinking, you know, heating, lighting of a building, the, the place that the space and place that we meet in, how can we make that welcoming, but also um, reduce our footprint and sort of step lightly. Um, and then in our in our homes and our own lifestyles as well, just thinking consciously about the choices we make, because everything has an impact. Um, and, how, you know, how can we lessen the impact that we're having? Is there an alternative choice that won't have uh, so much impact on the environment mm. um, and I guess encouraging others to join us as well to keep to start the conversation keep the conversation going um, there are probably loads of ideas out there already it's just giving people the chance to think about this and share those ideas I should say here Helen also encouraged people to still explore the Eco Church website and its resources no matter where in the world they live and you will find a link to their website in the description of this episode but that's almost it for now thank you to helen stevens from eco church thank you to ruth valerio the writer and theologian and thank you to church minister imogen nay before we go i'll say what i normally say at this point you can catch up on previous episodes of how to build community on our soundcloud page or in your podcast player just search how to build community aruka network aruka is spelt a-r-u-k-a-h you can also support this show by making a small monthly donation on our patreon page just go to patreon.com forward slash aruka network you can learn more about us on our website. Just visit arukanetwork.org. And finally, if you have feedback on this show or suggestions for future interviewees, then you can reach me via email jake at arukanetwork.org. But that's it from me. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>